Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast, True Bobcast. We're sitting on the yellow sun staring into Carcosa. The day before, or the day, excuse me, of the True Detective finale. The eight-part miniseries on HBO uh, coming to an end this evening. Uh, my co-host is none other than Mickey. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Bob World? Welcome to Bobcast. True yeah. Bobcast. So, I mean, basically, uh, man, it's, it's coming to an end. Uh, it's been an intense eight weeks, actually nine weeks. We had one week uh, where there was a break. But um, I can't uh, even describe what I'm feeling right now. I feel uh, anxious. I feel nervous. I feel, uh, I, I don't really recall feeling this way ever for, maybe a little bit for Breaking Bad, trying to figure out what happened to Walter White. But we kind of knew that Walter was a meth dealer. We knew that uh, Jesse was you know, an outcast, and we kind of knew where the story would end, but with True Detective tonight, we have no idea where it's going to go. So, uh, Mickey, take it away. Off the top of your head, where do you think uh, the show's going to wind up when uh, the credits roll tonight? Uh, well, every uh, every inkling, every so often in the show, they mention the fact that nothing ever ends. Nothing's ever solved. My whole life has been degradation and violence. I'm ready to tie it off. Time is a flat circle. What you've done, you'll do before. Everything keeps saying that this show is not going to end tonight. And we're here. We're staring into the abyss. We don't know what's what. We don't know who's who. We don't know jack shit. Uh, The detective's curse is amongst us all. The answer's right under our nose, but we can't see it. And uh, going into it tonight, yeah, anxieties are high in a good way. They're exciting. And I'm ready to just crack this. I'm ready to tie this one off, man. I'm ready to just turn up and <laughs> celebrate that Oscar <laughs> with uh, Rust and see where this goes. I think everyone's dying to find out. And, uh, you know, everyone's thinking everyone's going to die. But I'm at a loss, man. I-, I feel like I'm in the spiral. I feel like I'm the birds over the bay, over the bayou, just trying to see what the hell is in store. Where are you at? What are your predictions for this evening? Well, before I get into my predictions, I just want to tell the listeners out there, for those who don't know, uh, Woody and uh, Matthew are not returning next year. Uh, True Detective is an anthology show, so next year we'll focus on maybe two new detectives. Uh, The rumors online are that they'll both be uh, female-based characters. Um, I just watched uh, a great uh, making of True Detective on uh, Xfinity On Demand, and... uh, the the writer um, Nicholas was uh, describing how he likes the idea of the show expanding forward in different landscapes, as we know now with the Louisiana Bayou and the the factories in the distance. It's almost become like a character in the show. So this is uh, finite. This is um, just a one shot deal. Um, so that's kind of uh, sad, but at the same time, just it makes the show have so much more levity. Like that means like tonight is it. That's the last time you'll see these characters. Who knows? I mean, perhaps maybe the Yellow King's um, mythology continues in the series. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see it wrapped up. Um, the way I, I, I see the show ending, um, there's a couple different possibilities, rumors out there on the Internet. I just read a interview this morning with Nicholas, the writer, and he said that there is no real, like, uh, twist as, like, a lot of people think that it's, uh, it could be Cole, it could be uh, Mickey. And um, from what he says without spoiling anything, he just basically says, um... You know, I think that that's sloppy writing when you get to the end of the story and it's the sixth sense type of ending. And he says this will actually have some sort of 
closure. Now, what that means is multitude of different things. Uh, the last uh, two days, I've been real busy, but uh, I somehow managed to fit in seven hours of uh, True Detective. I watched it from episode uh, one to seven, and uh, I believe, Mickey, you watched it from seven to one, right? Yeah, I went backwards. Now, some of our listeners might think we're fucking crazy for doing that, but I have watched it both forward and backwards because, yes, as you know, on the True Bobcast, it is an obsession, and it is almost like uh, the second viewing as you watch it. The clues, man, popping off all weekend. Um, The Yellow King. Every episode, man, there is this ominous shade of yellow in almost every scene. Uh, from the badge, the Louisiana detective badge, to the CID uh, jackets they wear, to the opening uh, scene in episode one where all the evidence stickers are all yellow uh, marked around the trees. Uh, So much background stuff. I just love picking up on all that. Um, One thing I noticed is I'm not sure if this is 100% accurate, but I've never seen Cole wear the color yellow. You want to call Coza now? (laughs) <laughs> but um of course online uh some of the rumors that i've been reading this week is uh i mean the craziest of all of them is that marty is the killer and um some of these people uh online are supporting this theory because one of the uh promotional um posters for uh, true detective has uh marty with his hair brushed up and it looks kind of like a king's crown um what are your thoughts on uh, marty being the killer mickey They were high up until he beat up them two kids in the prison and then threw up in the car because he couldn't handle the uh, intensity of it all. I mean, no cold-blooded killer is going to vomit after beating up two kids. Doesn't add up. No. Now, some of these rumors are based on the fact that... um, Okay, so one of the things uh, that is kind of peculiar, and uh, I mentioned this to you yesterday in a text message as I was doing my own detective work... When uh, Cole comes to uh, Hart's house for dinner uh, that night where he's uh, he's like, ain't no way around it. I'm going to have to have a drink tonight. It's the day of uh, his um, girl, his um, baby girl uh, got into an accident and died. So Cole's drunk. He's at the kitchen talking with the family. The family goes into a conversation about shooting off their guns. And um, they say their daddy, uh, Mick, um, Hart, Marty Hart, uh, has never shot his gun before. And uh, that is confirmed by uh, Marty. They ask Cole. Cole says, yes, he has. So if Marty's never fired his gun before, and that's what he's at least telling his kids, because I imagine it's the truth, a lot of people were shocked that he just busts out of uh, uh, Ledoux's uh, hideout and just pops one off in his head. So, I mean, if you've never fired a gun before, I mean, I guess I, I often wonder why uh, he did that, why he just came out, I mean, in the spirit of rage, we all know that uh, Marty has um, a certain, um, uh, I guess, uh, affliction that when it comes to uh, violence against children and stuff like that. Yeah. What do you think the main reason he blew the dude? Reggie motherfucking Ledoux did this? So what do you think, uh, like, at the heart of it, no pun intended, what was the, what was the reasoning behind uh, Marty blowing off Ledoux's head? I mean, did he know the one the boy was dead at the time? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He was filled with such a rage when he exited the hideout. You could see it in his face, man. I remember sitting there. I saw it on your couch. And when he pulled that trigger, man, my 
whole, my world changed, my uh, viewing TV world. It just shattered. Yeah. And, and, and seriously, the show from that moment on became completely different. And basically, man, I think that we are all just in into the mountains of madness at this point. We're all in Carcosa. And I think it's all just, like, taking us over. I, I don't think any True Detective fan out there is confident in what they think is going to happen tonight. And I think we're just, like, being yellow kings. You mm-hmm. know? We, we've unleashed that second act, and we're just filled with the horror, the terror, the fright. Now, um, the most logical theory, um, I guess, out there, uh, throughout the series, we've seen um, references to, uh, I guess you would call them the Five Horsemen. Uh, earlier on in the show, uh, during um, an interview with a woman who's very ill because she claims she worked in the dry cleaners, um, she says her nails are all messed up. Uh, Cole looks over at the counter and he sees uh, a photograph of a little blonde girl with uh, some menacing figures behind him, I guess dressed in like what you would describe as uh, uh, Cajun Mardi Gras costumes. Very frightening, very... Um, it just really uh, it texts you that image, and it was uh, terrifying. And, and then as the series, you know, keeps going, we keep seeing these references. And one of the ones that just, I mean, like, I didn't even pick it up until, you know, upon the second viewing is when Marty walks by his little girl's room, she's got all the her dolls pretty much in the same position as what we see in Episode 7 when Cole shows Marty the incriminating evidence of, uh, you know, supporting the Yellow King and this, like, uh, shadow conspiracy of these high-profile men who um, kidnap young girls. So, I mean, I would love to know what that connection is. Uh, some people online believe that um, uh, Marty's father-in-law has something to do with it. Uh, Marty's father-in-law questions him earlier on when they're out uh, by the lake drinking beers. Uh, you know, what's going on with that high-profile profile case? He seems very shady. He seems very weird. He was very short with Marty when Marty was trying to reconnect with Maggie after their marriage had, uh, well, the first time their marriage ended. Um, I can only imagine that the the Tuttle organization, obviously, you know, we now know that the Tuttle man was one of the figures. We're not sure if he was the Yellow King. But um, once Cole, Cole uh, did a little bit of B&E and got that evidence, I mean, my whole world just blew up there. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, yeah, I would love to know where, what what do you think? Going, what do you think um, the connection is with Audrey? I mean, she also was caught in a car with two men having sex, which, in some people's eyes, could say that you know she's been accustomed or she's used to this type of environment. I don't know. But do you think there's a connection with uh, Marty's daughter? Yeah, I think she was definitely one hundred percent touched by those people. I, I, there's no doubt that she wasn't, you know, abducted or whatever they do. And I chose to believe it was a dream type situation. Like, you know, she just was put under, I don't know if she was drugged or whatever, but something definitely went on with that. And, yo, taking it back to episode one, when, uh, Marty, when he comes home after the, the case he caught and he, he looks in on his kids and they're sleeping together in the same bed. And he smiles, and then he, like, double looks, he, like, glances back at them, and, like, he has this weird expression. He's, like, he, he like, thinks about something. Mm-hmm. And he sips his, his drink, and then he, like, goes off camera, and then it goes to Russ doing this and that, and then it wakes up with Maggie in the day, 
and she's looking for him throughout the house, like, where'd he go? Where was he? And then he's sleeping on the couch, and it's like, what did he do all night? He just went to the couch and sat there. You're just eyeing up the bed, and it's like, it's really awkward, you know? If you want to go down, like, him being the Yellow King. Yeah. I, but everything, it's so good. How do they do it? Did they know? Is it just coincidence? I think, um, I, I, I mean, I, obviously the show's called True Detective, and then, you know, the, one of the themes is that the clues are right underneath of us. I mean, in Marty's house alone, I have a list that um, I wrote about um, all the things I found. Um, not only does the drawings that Audrey gets in trouble with um, in 1995 have people having sex, but the drawings also depicts man, uh, men wearing masks that appear to be animals. Uh, when young Audrey is questioned by her parents about how she came up with the images, she cries, but she kind of remains like mom, you know. Um, there's also, um, in the house, there's a spiral drawing uh, hanging in the Hart Kitchen in 1995. Um, mm -hmm. The picture, um, too, that Cole sees at that woman's house from the dry cleaner looks a lot, awfully a lot like Audrey, and I can't imagine that it was never talked about. Like, what's up with this? Um, yeah, I heard that. I saw that. You know what I mean? Um, there's a painting of... Um, there's a picture of Audrey next to a painting of hers in 2012 uh, depicting a character sporting black stars, um, similar to uh, a prostitute in uh, episode two. Uh, the weird things are there's uh, identical flower paintings on the wall of a psychiatrist ward that Russ visits in 2002 and a frame painting in Marty's bedroom. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that, but that's you know how deep this shit goes with me. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, man, in the words of Russ Cole... I was aware I almost lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I will not avert my eyes no more. I'm so ready to tie it off. I just, I can't wait. Tonight's going to be like crazy. I'm shutting down every social media network, going off the grid, waiting for that torrent to pop up, downloading that, popping off, watching that, going to Carcosa, man. Now, sadly, um, I, I, I think we both... We both can say that uh, Rust was our favorite character, I believe. But Marty, you know, he, he's just as good. But with Rust, uh, one of the theories out there in the internet is that uh, Rust will uh, die tonight. Um, some people are supporting the theory that uh, Rust will commit suicide. Um, you know, basically, as you mentioned earlier, when he's like, my life's been a circle of violence and degradation as long as I can remember. I'm ready to tie it off. So some people are taking that as, uh, you know, is it, is it the tie-off, like he's actually suicidal, we know he's all boozed up, we know he's spent the most, half of the last decade stoned and drunk, functional. Um, he's got no woman in his life, he just drinks. Um, he lost his daughter, which I think has um, completely changed his perspective in life forever. Yo, wait and, a minute here. Go ahead. I brought this up to you on a text earlier. I don't know if you, like, call it the, the, the way of it all, but... What, why is, how is it possible that they caught the Dora Lang case on his daughter's birthday? Like, the Dora Lang case was birthed on his daughter's birthday. Like, is that his way of saying, like, that's when Dora Lang, as like a metaphor for a daughter, was born, the case being, like, I think there's something up with that, man. And that sign of that missing person from 1987, from October 11th, 1987, Mm -hmm. Who is that? They never even they never even like addressed that. Is that his daughter? Who knows? Yeah, who knows what's going on? Well, um, dude, can you imagine? Can you imagine if all these questions get answered tonight? How fucking awesome would tomorrow morning be? Oh my god, dude! I don't even want to go to work tomorrow, dude. I gotta be up there early. <laughs> 
I basically just need like 24 hours of uh, contemplation with this one. But yeah, do you the possibility of all the questions being answered tonight? I I can't see it all wrapping up. I mean, at this point in the show, as we know, we're worth. And uh, I just want to make a correction from uh, we kind of mixed up the names. Uh, Er Errol Childress is the guy on the lawnmower. Steve, the sheriff, is the guy that's on the boat. I think that we might have misconstrued these pieces of information on the last podcast. But, um, yeah, we're on the boat, and we're about to find something out. And I I can't wait to see what's going on with the the car battery and the – what's he got? The car battery and the – Jumper cables. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do because obviously they're going to get information out of this guy because he knows something. Um, No, they're going to kill this guy. He's done. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can see that happening. Yo, remember when Russ slapped him in the face back in the day? Yeah, Russ was like, say it again. Yeah, he smacked him right in the mouth, right in the puss, as they say up in Chendo. But yeah, when you go back and you watch that scene in the beginning when, uh, you know, everyone's mad at Cole because uh, Tuttle comes in with that other dude and they're talking about the task force organization on anti-Christian practices going down on the bayou. I mean, everyone was looking at Russ like, you know, what a fucking dick. Don't you know who he is? You know, like his, um, you know, he's royalty pretty much with the governor. I mean, it it was completely obvious, you know what I mean, that this guy's trying to gauge, you know, um, Cole and Hart to see what they know. Even when um, Cole goes to visit uh, Tuttle in 2002, um, he's, he's still asking questions about the case, and he's wearing a yellow tie. He's got a yellow ring. He's got yellow shit all over his desk. Um, How about that one movie poster I sent you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? Is that even real? That's like some cryptic shit. Let dude did this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I, the man, the lawnmower man, um, the man with the scars, the green-eared spaghetti monster. Um, obviously, he has some ties to that. As the girl said in the hospital to Cole, he was the worst of them all. He made he made me watch. Um, Jimmy Ledoux even says he was giving me funny looks all night. Um, described as a giant, uh, when he gets off the lawnmower at the end of se- um, episode seven, yeah, you can see that he's large in frame. Uh, we hadn't seen, um, Errol since episode three when briefly Marty's standing right in front of him. And as Marty's questioning, like he's asking him questions and Marty, you know, is trying to figure out about, or excuse me, Cole's trying to figure out about the Tuttle school. Marty gets the call on a, um, uh, a lead on Ledoux, and he starts beeping the horn, and remember Marty's like, this motherfucker, what does he say, he walks? So, like, at that moment, I mean, like, it was so weird that, like, Cole is about to uh, do what he does best, and as we know, he's the box man, you know what I mean? Like, he gets in there, and he can get the, you know, the answers from the questions that no one wants to, you know, reveal. This whole thing just happens like that. Like, I mean, talk about, like, time, you know what I mean? Um... One of the things was um, talked about online is that you really can't see the bad scars uh, around the bottom half of his mouth. Um, in episode three, he has a beard. But as you look closely at episode seven, he definitely is scarred. He has some sort of um, thing on his uh, lips. Uh, he also mutters the line, my family's been here a long, long time. So obviously this yeah, family... He must have uh, went out and got himself a beard trimmer. <laughs> the beard trimmers. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like as I mentioned before, I guess uh, Errol is, you know, Errol is uh, out there mowing the grounds where the Yellow King's unfound victims are being buried, or who knows? Um, what is the? I mean, if there is all these bodies that are um, gone, how come we've only 
seen um, a few uh, in this, uh, as uh, Cole describes it, uh, satanic, like, uh, ritual type of demonstration. Uh, so there's, like, all these other bodies, but we've never seen, we've only seen a couple of them. And it's just, it's deep, man. It's deep into the into the backwoods of the, the bayou, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's some voodoo shit, Siberian husky shit. What were you saying? Santeria. I don't know, man, but it's supernatural, psychotic, fucking so intense, man. I'm so stoked that uh, the show is even real. I, 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 can you can you even fathom like the amount of agents trying to land their clients on this show's next season right now? The fucking guy just won an Oscar for playing Russ Cole. It's like the most buzzed about new series of the year. But who's not trying to land a role next year? I don't know, but you know what? Here on the Bobcast, we did try to land an interview with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I have my uh, ways of doing things, if you know what I mean. So I called up um, Matthew's publicist. Uh, I was given an email. Um, I sent, um, we won't reveal the, uh, Matthew's publicist's name, but I sent the latest Bobcast with uh, the image of the true Bobcast logo on your iTunes and uh, mobile app. And she uh, wrote back pretty quickly. She said she loves this, but unfortunately he wasn't available. I imagine he's out there, you know, doing what he does best. But, uh, yeah, hopefully one day, you know, we can get a chance to, you know, talk with the real-life Cole. Uh, As far as the other rumors on the Internet, there's some crazy shit I've been reading that it's all related to Vietnam, which is (laughs) – I just think that's completely nuts. Yeah. Um, Some people – some people think that Russ's dad has something to do with it. I mean, Russ's dad obviously was no like Alaska. Some people think that there's like a, some sort of connection there. I personally don't see it. You know what I mean? I, I I mean after the last episode when you see them two working together and they're you know back at the Hart Investigative offices. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that these guys are trying to solve this case. Um, as far as I see it, Cole or Marty being the killer, I just I, I don't buy it. You know what I mean? I don't buy it. I wow. do believe it's got to be somebody that we've seen, or some sort of connection that is is out there. And I'll tell you, the last seven hours of True Detective, I've been looking deeply into this, and I personally just I can't. I mean, I can't find the one the one guy. You know what I mean? There's got to be one guy. I mean, the Yellow King is out there. Who is he? Who is he, Mickey? I think he's the Shadow in the background. I, I don't know if that's going to truly be revealed, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if the Yellow King is another person who's drugged up, who's out there. But you know, the King in Yellow—that reference—I don't think it's meant to be known. I think it's supposed to drive us mad. I hope not, but you know, we'll see how it goes this evening at whatever time HBO comes on. And True Blood is fucking what? Long night last night, ladies and gentlemen. Bodland, long night. We were up late. Doing all sorts of tomfooleries, Del Valtteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard. Um, I heard about your night last night. I won't get into it, but uh, yeah. raucous. Sometimes, time. sometimes, you know what? One of my favorite things in the world is uh, when I go out and like you know, obviously some people don't uh, <laughs> they don't watch True Detective, but like lately I've been just like. Pretend like uh, emulating the roles of both Cole and Hart, and dropping both Cole and and Marty lines on them, and then just I'd like to see the reaction. You know what I mean? Like uh, I was explaining to some cat last night about how I think time is a 
flat circle and I did the whole thing with the fourth dimension and all that shit and <laughs> everybody's sitting there looking at me like what's wrong with this guy but you know what I as you know as uh you've if you've listened to South Vic is big you know I like to get in character oh, yeah. I like to uh explore characters I think we should start our own true detective show I think we should make some sort of movie yeah. man as you know, I mean, yeah, Mickey, Mickey's a writer. Uh, Mickey writes uh, uh, rap music, and uh, I write screenplays, and there should be a happy medium somewhere in there for us in the future. But, uh, yeah, it, it is maybe, unfortunate. Maybe, maybe we could collaborate on another Squid from the Hood. Yeah, right, Squid from the Hood. That's another Bobcast that we can talk about. Actually, I think you can listen to uh, Hollywood Confessions with Sam, an earlier Bobcast, uh, if you want to learn yeah, more yeah. about the Squid in the Hood and the... The debauchery that was Los Angeles in the year 2008. But, um, yeah, it was a good one. Some revealing shit, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, the way I see it, um, hopefully the, I mean, this is the pre-Bobcast to tonight's series finale. Uh, we will do an in-depth, in-depth, uh, detailed detective mode Bobcast either uh, tomorrow or Tuesday, so look for that. I, I I can only imagine that'll be upwards of over an hour and a half. Uh, I can't imagine uh, <laughs> any other way of um, ending uh, the the true Bobcast. Um, but it is sad to, to say that that uh, we only got one more true Bobcast to go. Bro, my notes are gonna be deep. I'm gonna be dropping quotes like crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I, the dude did this. Motherfucking Reggie Ledoux did this. Let me out of here, man. Let me out of here, man. <laughs> hey, you can hold the Oscar there. I love it. They even, they even, they even foreshadow the Oscar win. Oh boy. Well, the yeah. Oscar obviously, win. obviously, I really, I believe that without a doubt, uh, Matthew will be a, a contender for uh, next year's uh, Emmy for uh, best actor on a TV miniseries or show. I, 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 I it, both of them really, you know. And uh, it's opened my eyes in the world. What do you What do you get overlooked? Because McConaughey just destroys, man. But yeah, Woody was fucking Woody from fucking Cheers, dude. And now he's goddamn Marty. Yeah, you know what? I really come on. See, the thing is, Matthew's so good in the show. But yes, Matthew's so good in the show because it's the dynamic of the two together. So Woody. Woody's always been one of my favorites. I mean, White Man Can't Jump. Love that movie. You know what I mean? And then I saw a movie recently. If you've never seen Rampart, um, Woody plays a, a like a, a, a cop that um, he, he's a bad cop. He's pretty good in that. Um, I've seen that he's in The Hunger Games, so I'm glad that he's actually picking up them checks cause, so he can do what he likes. From what I've uh, gathered, Woody is a, a fun guy to hang out with. He uh, is a juicer. He likes to... Uh, on the set of True Detective, he has uh, a juicer, a guy that comes and makes some shakes all day long. Uh, he's a vegan, and uh, from what I understand, he enjoys his tequila. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the two of those guys together. Yeah, he loves um, he loves to smoke marijuana. He's a big hemp, uh, you know, um, advocate, uh, amongst other things. Um, it seems to me like he was just a regular dude with a big ass dick. <laughs> yeah, man, that was a great line. That was a great line. But yeah, the, the combination them two is together. Uh, if you want to uh, go back in time and see uh, uh, early in, uh, incarnation of the, the on-screen couple, check out Ed TV, which uh, I watched a couple nights ago, and it's bizarre because they look older then than they do now. 
Which is kind of weird. If you look at photos from the 90s, people look older then. Digital photography really uh, made people change the way you look at photographs. Change the game. The Botox, the detox, the retox, syntax, input, output. You got, de- you got demons, little man, and I don't like your face. Makes me want to do things to it. I see you again. I'm putting you down. There's a shadow on you, son. Oh, man, all the lines from the show. I mean, I go through the list of all the quotes. I got this, like, uh, I guess it's a true Bobcast, uh, true Bobcast uh, journal of quotes and uh, all the good parts. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm saying, tonight's episode is going to be the opposite of the first episode. It's going to be like the mirror to the first episode where everything is laid out. But tonight it's going to be laid out, like, all day. Like, it's going to end with that scene, or it might even start with that. I don't know, man, but that scene in the first scene of the first episode where they're walking through the night with the body, that's going to be revealed. That's going to be, that's going to be re, um, it's going to, it's going to be great, dude. I got such, such high anticipation for tonight's uh, broadcast, man. I can't fucking wait. It's Thursday, man. It's past noon. Thursday's one of my days off. On my days off, I start drinking at noon. You don't get to interrupt that. Yeah, that opening image, uh, man, when they're getting pulled through the field. Oh, uh, you know what? We I forgot to mention this earlier, but man, this weekend, man, clues galore. My favorite episode yeah. definitely was uh, episode four. Uh, obviously, uh, the Mogadishu episode where uh, we get to see Crash. We meet Ginger, and we learned about the Stash House uh, bust, you know, and how um, they escape. The part that just it, it creeped the shit out of me, man. Russ gets into the house. Russ's first instinct, even though he's hopped up on cocaine and meth, amongst other uh, additives, he tries to clear the room. He gets the one girl in there, and then he finds a little boy in the back room. On the television is a field burning. Looks like a cornfield. You see it twice. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Jesus Christ. These guys put that much detail into it? Like, these guys both deserve... The Emmy, you know, the the Medal of Honor, the Nobel Peace Prize, whatever. Um, it's just amazing all the detail that gets uh, put into the show. Um, and I'm also surprised to find that nobody on eBay has uh, gone into the the market of making these Cajun. Uh, 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 what's it called? The Cajun. Um, what's the sticks called? The Devil's Nest. Yeah, the Devil's. How come nobody's making these things? I'm looking out in my backyard right. Why aren't we doing it, bro? I'm telling you right now. I just looked out of my backyard. I got a whole bunch of sticks that I haven't picked up from the winter. After the show's over, maybe we get together and we put up, you know, a couple bucks, buy some rubber bands, some, you know, uh, some yellow and purple cloth. Uh, maybe, hell, we even... Probably something like $100 a pop, man. Probably, dude, like 100 bucks a pop, you know what I mean? Maybe we even could get uh, my cousin Justin to donate some antlers and we can make some straight-up Mardi Gras crowns. I got some antlers, and you know, this ain't the probably cast. This is the Bob cast, so we definitely got to get on board that train. Exploitation, my friend. I know, man. I know. Uh, The hubris it must take to yank out a soul of non-existence into this meat and to force a life into this thresher. Yeah, so my daughter, she, uh, she spared me the sin of being a father. Yeah, so uh, you heard it here first on the Bobcast. We're going to make up some devil sticks. We're going to make up some Mardi Gras crowns. Look for us on eBay. Uh, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe there's nobody out there doing these things, huh? We'll do it. 
Sal Vickersburg can sell anything. Sal Vickersburg can sell anything. But uh, basically, uh, we're here for your uh, <laughs> we're here for your concerns. We're here for your dialogue. We're here for your conversation. Uh, my co-host Mickey and I of the True Bombcast uh, can only hope that tonight's episode uh, answers some questions that uh, we've been dying to find out. And if not, you know what? It's been a great ride uh, here on the True Bombcast watching True Detective. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, y'all, for listening to the True Bobcast, True Detective, nonstop chaos. No doubt. And we'll be back either uh, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, it may take a little bit of time because we're going to have to dive into this. I may even compile all my notes from season, uh, excuse me, episode one all the way through eight because it's got to have some sort of connections all the way throughout. I mean, this guy is so smart with his writing that I can't imagine going any other way. You've been listening to True Bobcast. My name is Bob. And this has been another Bobcast.